I get a frog in my throat, and sometimes it just doesn't want to come out. So I'm not here to entertain you anyway. I am here to kind of encourage you to worship. So please, worship with me. Don't pay attention to my voice. Just sing along and worship with your heart. Hallelujah. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. Now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come. Just as you are to worship. Come. Just as you are before your God, come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. Now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come. Just as you are to worship. Come. Just as you are be. For your God, come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come, hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, one day every knee will bow, but until then, Lord, I will bow before you. I will worship you. Hallelujah. My tongue will confess your goodness, your mercies. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> when my life is burdened with sorrow, and it seems all help is gone, Jesus whispers, do not falter. I will leave thee not alone. Then somehow amidst my trials, how it is I cannot see. Still I hear a voice from heaven gently saying, follow me. There is sunshine in the shadow. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow. When our hearts are filled with pain. There is sunshine when we're burdened. There is sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine, heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. Sometimes my friends do forsake me, and I'm tempted to despair. Then I think of my dear Jesus, to lay his head he had nowhere. Oh, it pays to follow Jesus just to learn of him each day and I guarantee my brother you'll have sunshine all the way there is sunshine in the shadow there is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow when our hearts are filled with pain. There is sunshine when we're burdened. There is sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine, heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. Let me recommend him to you. I have found no friend like him. He is one who'll never deceive you, but stay with you to the end. If you would have peace and comfort, let his banner be unfurled. He was lifted up on Calvary, and his name can save the world. There is sunshine in our song. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow when our hearts are filled with pain. There is sunshine when we're burdened. 
carry sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine, heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. Let me recommend him to you. I have found no friend like him. He is one who'll ne'er deceive you, but stay with you to the end. If you would have peace and comfort, let his banner be unfurled. He was lifted upon Calvary, and his name can save the world. There is sunshine in the shadow. There is sunshine in the rain. There is sunshine in our sorrow when our hearts are filled with pain. There is sunshine when we're burdened. There is sunshine when we pray. There is sunshine, heavenly sunshine, blessed sunshine all the way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, it doesn't matter the trials. There is sunshine. Lord, hallelujah. Sunshine in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Because you are our sunshine. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are our strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Over all the earth, you reign on high. Every mountain stream, every sunset sky. Lord, my one request, Lord, my only aim is that you reign in me again. Lord, reign in me Reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So let me reign in me again. Lord, reign in me. Reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again? Over every thought, over every word, may my life reflect the beauty of my Lord. You mean more to me than any earthly thing. So won't you reign in me again, Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again, Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams, in my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again, Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams, in my darkest hour, 
You are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again? Lord, reign in me. Reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, church. He's worthy of worship. He's worthy of all of our praise. Thank you, Jesus, for your manifest presence in this place. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity again to enter into your presence, to make our petitions and our requests known, to receive of you every good gift, every good thing. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy. You are altogether worthy of my worship. You're worthy of my praise. You're worthy of my full attention this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to worship you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. You are my Lord and my God. You are my Savior and my Redeemer. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are my ever-present help in time of need. You are my exceeding great reward. If I have nothing else, Lord Jesus, I have you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Church, He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. You can be seated for just a moment. This isn't my message this morning, but I want to speak on it for just a moment. Worship. The elephant in the room is that we have no live music. Okay, we all understand that. I love live music. I think we all do. I would love nothing more than to have a full complement ensemble up here with talented musicians, talented praise singers, a nice booming sound system, and then we could worship God. Or, maybe we should be able to worship God without anything. Maybe we should be able to worship God because of what He's done, because of who He is. We're praying for all of this. We want all of this. But in the meantime, we can still worship God. We can still enter into His presence with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. We can still give glory and honor to the King, the God that loved us and that saved us. We can still honor Him with our worship and with our praise. We can still do that. I promise you, There's a time coming where this is not going to be here anymore. And if that time does come, Sister Bell was talking about the revival we're going to have in prison here in a little bit. There's not going to be an ensemble in prison. Paul and Silas didn't have a band playing when they worshipped God at, at midnight. But they worshipped. All the prisoners heard them. And they prayed. And God moved. We need to be music independent. And don't get me wrong. I love music. I love worshiping to good music. I think we all do. But that's not why I worship. worship because I love Him. He died for me. He gave me everything. He is my all in all. Praise God. Amen. 
Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. Acts chapter 11, starting with verse 19, going to verse 26. The Bible says this, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phenis and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which, when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came had seen the grace of God was glad, and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. I'm going to preach for a few minutes this morning on this topic. My heart's desire. My heart's desire. We could pray one more time and ask the Lord to work in this place this morning according to his perfect will. Jesus, you're an awesome God. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity you've given us this morning. It is our fervent desire to cleave unto the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength to serve you with everything that we have. Help us, Lord Jesus, to hear your voice this morning and to become obedient unto it. Hallelujah, Jesus, to submit ourselves wholly and completely under the authority of the Word of God that your great name would be glorified, and that you would be well pleased with us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let all of your heart be accomplished here this morning. Let it be accomplished this morning, I pray. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Let your hand be upon your people this morning, I pray, to minister and to bless and to comfort, and to provide. Hallelujah. Lift up the weary hands, I pray. Give comfort and rest to those who are wearied and well-doing. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. You are awesome. You are wondrous. You are altogether glorious. Thank you, Jesus, for your great goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the ministration of your Spirit in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let your word go forth. Let the Spirit of the living God go forth. And let him minister according to your perfect will. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have in store this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for the ministration of your Spirit. Thank you for the manifestation of your presence in this place. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Let your great and mighty name be lifted up here. Let it be magnified, worshipped, and glorified. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let your whole heart be accomplished here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can be seated. We see here a bit of a depiction of how the first century church operated in Acts chapter 11. And we see specifically in its, the conclusion of our scripture text that this Saul came to Antioch at the, at the bequest of, of Barnabas. And he spent a whole year there ministering, teaching the people there at Antioch. And then it says a very curious thing, that they were called Christians first at Antioch. Some of you may have heard this already. 
Uh, others may not have. But Saul was a very bad man before he came to the Lord. He was a very feared man, particularly those that proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ. Saul would come very fervently and arrest Christians. He would break up meetings. He would throw them into prison. Some of them were even killed under this reign of terror instituted by this Saul of Tarsus. Now we understand Saul's motivation was pure. He believed with all of his heart that he was serving the Lord his God in squashing this heretical movement. Jesus calling himself God. That's not going to fly. That is not going to stand. Not on my watch. And Paul, Saul, did everything he could to crush it. Until that fateful meeting in Damascus, the road to Damascus, he encountered Jesus himself. And he was a changed man forever. One encounter with Jesus Christ is all it takes to change us forever. It can change the most hardened heart. It can change the most bitter soul. And it can transform it into something wonderful. Something beautiful. Something glorious. That's what happened to Paul. Sometime after his conversion, he was called by Barnabas to go to Antioch and minister there. To minister to people whose relatives he had thrown in prison. To teach the Word of God to those who had already accepted Jesus as their Savior, who had already had an experience with God and had suffered persecution for it under the reign of Saul. Can you imagine having your family thrown in prison, perhaps even killed, and then that same man comes to preach at your church? What would your reaction be? I'm not going to listen to a word you say. What have you got to tell me about serving God? I can imagine the thought processes of, of those sitting in the pews, as it were, in the congregation, listening to this man preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But they received his teaching. They forgave him in his heart. And they received the word of the Lord from this man. And they were called Christians first at Antioch. What does it mean then to be a Christian? What does it mean to be called a Christian? The word is thrown around pretty loosely today, even by Pentecostal standards, I'm sad to say. This I know. That it is God's desire, His heart's desire, that we be Christians in every aspect of the Word. Every aspect of the Word. So what is a Christian? There are a lot of ways we could define that. Very briefly, of course, Christian means to be Christ-like. We are to reflect His character we are to preach and teach His gospel. We are to live according to His precepts as disciples of Jesus Christ. Disciplining ourselves to live according to His precepts, His judgments, His commandments. So what is a Christian? I might define it a little bit differently or maybe focus on a few things that I guess need to be focused on. One thing about Christians is that they are all in. There are no nominal Christians, not in the kingdom of God. They're all or nothing. We've preached on this before. We've taught on it. They're hot. They're all the way in. They're committed completely, holding nothing back. 
I was speaking with Brother DeMuth last night. There's a difference between coming to church and being in church. Sometimes when we say they're in church or they're coming to church, we, we, we really mean they're, they're part of the body of Christ. They've experienced salvation. They're in a covenant relationship with God. But coming to church isn't enough. I want, I want everybody to come to church. Don't get me wrong. You can come. You're always welcome here. I don't care who you are, where you're at. You're always welcome here. But God wants more for us than to just be here sitting on a pew. He wants us to engage. He wants us to be a part of His body. He wants us to enter into a a fellowship with Him. A covenant relationship with God. That's quite a bit more than sitting on a pew, singing the songs, and then going home and living our life until the next service. Which are what some people do. I want them to keep coming. But I want him to start doing more, to get closer to God, to become more like Him. That's God's heart's desire. It's for us to be like Him in every aspect of the Word. What did Jesus do when He hung on a cross? Well, I'm not dying. I'm not spilling my blood for any of you guys. You're the ones that put me up here. No forgiveness for you. Mocking him. He forgave all of them. I was having a conversation with Sister Rudy about forgiveness last Sunday. She gave me the perfect definition of what forgiveness is. How do you know that you've truly forgiven someone? We talked about forgiveness. That we need to forgive and let go. And that's absolutely true. How do we know that's actually accomplished? Well, I said that I forgive them. We all know that that's not always enough. I can think of a couple instances in my life. I've forgiven them every day for months. And it still never took. How do I know when I've actually forgiven them? When I can stand before God and say, yes, God, I have truly forgiven that person. When I can think of that situation and there's no emotion, there's no negative connotations to it. I can pray for that person and I can love them. That's when I know I've truly forgiven However they feel toward me is however they feel. They don't need to ask my forgiveness. That's not a prerequisite for me forgiving them. It'd be good for them, but it doesn't matter to me. I need to forgive to the point where I can consider that situation, where they hurt me, where they betrayed me, whatever, whatever it is. And I'm at peace. I love them. I'm praying for them. I want to see them succeed. There's no emotional connotations attached to that situation anymore. I'm free. That's what it means to forgive. And I said it better myself. We need to engage. As Christians, we need to be all in. Completely committed. No matter what happens, no matter what we experience, no matter what's taken or given, we're Christians. We're moving forward in the kingdom of God. We're doing, we're living, we're being according to His will. And that's it. That's the only thing that we're considering is His will. My will is not, it doesn't exist anymore. I have laid myself on an altar of sacrifice. My hopes and dreams for the future, they're gone now. They're not a part of the equation anymore. I belong to Jesus Christ. I've been purchased with a price. A very steep price. And I'm His now. Lock, stock, and barrel. All of me. Every aspect of me is His. 
so I'm all in. Completely committed to his purpose. Christians are spiritual in nature and eternal in scope. Our solutions are arrived at spiritually, not naturally. When we encounter a circumstance or a situation, our first thought is, how can God move in this? How can God work a miracle in this situation? What can God do to further the kingdom of God in this situation? That's our first thought. It can even get to the place where we get to a tough situation and we get a little bit excited. Because now God has an opportunity to do something awesome. We can get a little bit excited about that. Now God can do something that only He can do. In normal situations, I can take care of stuff. You can take care of things. God doesn't have to move. God, God's not required. But when God puts us in a situation where He's got to do something, typically He does. And it's awesome when He does. And more today than ever before. We need to start believing and start expecting God to do the supernatural in our lives. In these situations. Instead of despairing, instead of looking at it with hopelessness and fear and anxiety. We need to start looking at it with hope and expectancy. This is an opportunity for God to do something. Isn't that what we want? We don't want to be put in the circumstance, though. We would be very happy to see God do a miracle in Brother DeMuth's life. <laughs> we're very happy and, and we'll worship God when God does a miracle in someone else's life. Heals them of cancer. I don't want cancer. But God's got to put us in these situations. One so he can move. Two, so he can get the glory. Three, so we get to a place where we start trusting in him and start leaning on him first. He is going to teach his church to trust in him one way or the other because we're going to get to a place where that's all we're going to have is him. And if we're learning that then, God help you. We need to know it now. We think in terms of the, of the eternal, not the temporal. When circumstances and situations take place, we're asked to pay a price. God takes something from us. We can see it in the view of eternity. In the view of eternity, this stuff doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean one thing. It's not coming with me into, into heaven. It's going to be gone in a few years anyway. The temporal is built to fail. It's built to leave. It's going to leave. This body is temporal. It's going to leave at some point. Should the Lord tarry 200, 300 years from now? I'm going to end up dying. Maybe before that, someone's going to be planting me. We don't like to think about it. If we think about it in the temporal, that's sad. It's not a pleasant thought. But when I think about it in the eternal, it's going to be one of the best days of my life. When I get catapulted into eternity. I'm ready to go right now. I can say in the name of Jesus, I'm ready to go. And that's all Him. That's all glory to God. I want to. I want to see Him. I want to speak with Him. I want to. I'm so looking forward to that. But that's thinking in view of eternity. I'm going to be with him forever. 
whatever happened down here, good, bad, or indifferent, it's not going to matter anymore. Only inasmuch as I stayed faithful to Jesus Christ. Whatever happened, good, bad, or indifferent, I stayed faithful to Jesus. I stayed the course. I kept the faith. And for you as well, we've got to stay faithful no matter what happens, no matter what price we're called to pay. We understand that we have all the resources of heaven at our disposal. What's in my bank account isn't all there is. The strength of my body isn't all that there is. My intellect, my, my talents and abilities, they're not all that there is. When they're spent, when my money's gone, when I'm fatigued beyond comprehension and I can't think straight, when I'm at the end of my rope, then the resources of God kick in. And they are infinite. So whatever the situation is, it's under control. And I understand that. Because I think in terms of eternity. I think in terms of spiritual, not temporal. We have all the resources of heaven at our disposal when we're serving Him. As Christians, we're bound only by God's law and God's character. That sounds initially like we're bound. We're in bondage. No, that means we are absolutely free. That means we're free to disregard insult, injury, slight. We're free to disregard bitterness and jealousy and envy. We're free to shrug off guilt because we are forgiven. We're free to experience joy and peace in impossible situations. The church in Antioch was free to experience the presence of God when Saul got up to preach. They were free to receive of God everything that he had from his new servant, Saul of Tarsus. Despite everything he did, despite everything they were probably feeling inside, they were free to receive everything that God had. Because as Christians, that's the only thing we're bound by is God's law, God's character. What an awesome thing that is. Whatever God has called us to do, He equips us and qualifies us to accomplish it. We don't have to worry about anything. We don't worry about anything. Ability to get it done. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. Amen. I heard that one time and it stuck. That frees me from worrying about it. I need to do everything that I can do. I need to stay faithful to the plan of God. I need to be, be obedient to His voice and to His will. But after that, it's on God. I can't save anybody. I can't give anybody the Holy Ghost. I can't heal anybody. There's precious little I can do. But I can be faithful to God. I can be available when He needs me. And then it's up to God to do the rest. And when it's up to God, He takes care of business. Every time. When we think about being a Christian, when we think about the When we think about ourselves compared to who Jesus is, and someone says, we need to be Christ-like. If we're thinking individuals, we can see the great disparity between us and Jesus Christ. I don't care how long you've been living for God. You might be refined and polished from where you came from, but compared to Jesus, we're still a long ways off. We are. And you can start looking at that and, and feeling a little bit of despair. Feeling a little bit of hopelessness. There's no way I can attain to that. There's no way I can be like Jesus. Every moment of the day, for the rest of my life. 
Let me encourage you this morning. God says otherwise. God believes that you can. He's been working with you your whole life toward that end. He believes that you can. He hasn't given up on you yet. He's still working in your life. He's still working in my life. And it's not based on our merit anyway. It's based on the finished work of Jesus at Calvary. You are not righteous, not of yourself, but God has declared you to be righteous because of His sacrifice at Calvary. You are not holy of yourself, but God has declared you to be holy because of His sacrifice at Calvary. You are not worthy of the love of God, but He has made you worthy because of His sacrifice at Calvary. Praise God. We can be Christ-like. We can be Christ-like. God knows that you can. And He is continuing to work in our lives toward that end. It is His heart's desire that we be Christ-like. His heart's desire is to be like Him, to reflect accurately His character, His words, His power and His authority in this economy. He's very patient and long-suffering while working with us. Imagine working with your young children. Maybe yours all got it right the first time. Mine didn't. I didn't when I was a kid. I'm glad for the patience of my parents. When I was trying to walk, trying to feed myself without covering my whole head. He is very patient with us while He's working, long-suffering, while He is working in us His perfect will. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. I don't care how many mistakes you make. If you repent, if your heart's desire is to serve and to please Him, it doesn't matter the mistakes that you make. I'm not encouraging you to make more mistakes. But when you do make a mistake, if your heart is tender toward Him, if your desire is to serve Him with your life, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down while learning to walk. You're going to get a skinned knee while learning how to run. Absolutely. But God wants you to get up Keep going. God created you for a reason. He has a picture in His mind of who you are. It's not who you think you are. His picture of you is way different than yours is. We need to start incorporating His idea of who we are. Not ours. Our picture of us is tainted by experience by what people have said or haven't said, by our parents' reaction to things. It's tainted by all kinds of situations. God's isn't. God is the one that created you. God is the one that's working in you His perfect will. Let's incorporate His picture of us. His picture of us is Christ-like. He loves you. He wants the very best for you. We've talked a lot about sacrifice and commitments and potentially awful things that might be coming down the pike. And I think God is going to work in those. If they come, God is going to work in them and we're going to see revival through them. It's going to end up being a fantastic, miraculous experience for all of us. But we're still going to go through things. We're still going to sacrifice. We're still going to experience trial and test. It seems like I've almost been focusing on that. But God would have us to understand that even in the midst of all that, He has not forsaken us. He loves us. In the worst possible situation you can think of, He's standing right there with us. He's going through it with you. 
He's experiencing everything you are. He knows the pain. He knows the torment. He knows the the loneliness and, and the disappointment. He knows all of that. He experienced it. And he is experiencing it with you. Remember what he told Paul on the road to Damascus. Why are you persecuting me? Jesus experiences everything his body does. He goes through all of it with us. He knows. He knows. He understands. So when he calls us to go through a time of disappointment or heartache or loneliness or sorrow, understand that he still loves you. Draw all the closer to him in that time. Let him work his perfect work in you. Amen. In conclusion, God expects a lot from his people. He holds a very high standard. He's the standard. The Word of God is the standard. But He knows that it's impossible for us to attain that standard. But through the finished work of Jesus at Calvary, God knows, He wants us to know, that we can't attain to that standard. We are His Son, His daughter. He is very patient with us. He loves us. He's very long-suffering as we learn to serve Him, as we learn to walk with Him, as we learn to trust in Him. He's not frustrated or disappointed in you if you're not there yet. We get frustrated in ourselves. I do. Thoughts pop into my mind. I start dwelling on them, and before I know it, I'm like, good grief, what am I doing? You'd think I'd be over that by now. And I get frustrated. And I get disappointed. God wants me to bring it to Him, repent of it, and move on. It's not that I'm backsliding. It's not that you're backsliding. I just... I'm human still make mistakes. We all do. But our heart's desire this morning ought to be to move forward in God, to serve Him with our lives, to do everything we can to please Him, everything we can to emulate Him, to discipline ourselves, to submit ourselves to His will for our lives. And we can do that very easily through Him. He's not going to give up on us. He won't ever break covenant with us. Not ever. You can choose to walk away from Him. He's given you that option. But He'll never walk away from you. Not ever. It will never cross His mind. Not once. Keep your eyes fixed on Him. Keep walking toward Him no matter what happens good, bad, or indifferent. Allow Him to shape in you Him. Allow Him to make you Christ-like. That's what it means to be a Christian. Let's all stand. Let's come to the front for just a few minutes here this morning. God's heart's desire is not something I thought a whole lot about when I first came to the Lord. I was busy thinking about my heart's desire. I was busy thinking about what I needed. As we grow, though, as we mature as Christians, hopefully one of the things that changes is that we start looking to others. What do others need? And most importantly, looking to God. What is His desire? What is His will? What does He want me to do? And so, 
when we get sick, it's very difficult for us, depending on the sickness, to do basic things. I mean, you know, you get a little head cold. That, that's more of a nuisance than anything else, unless it's a man cold. And that'll lay you flat out. <laughs> yeah, the moose knows what I'm talking about. Amen. <coughs> but the sicker we get, the more our, our body betrays us, the more... Uh, the more difficult things become to do that we used to be able to do naturally. We didn't think about reaching up and putting a plate on the top shelf unless I got something wrong with my shoulder now. Now it becomes very painful and very difficult to do that. I used to be able to do 100, 200 push-ups in a day and feel great the next morning. If I did that today... If I spent all day doing it, I, I probably could, but the next day, I would not be able to do anything. I would, yeah, I would, I, my, my hands would be tied to my side. I, if I moved them, I would be screaming in pain, and it'd be like that for a few days. <clears throat> so, in God's body, when it's healthy... He's able to do everything he, he wants to do. But when his body is not well, it becomes more difficult for him to operate the way he wants to in this world. <clears throat> it's God's desire that his body be well. That his body not only be well, but strong and fit for the tasks at hand. As we pray this morning, as we call out to God, I want us to ask a couple things. That we allow God to examine us if we be well, if we be fit to the task. And if not, let him reveal that to you. And let's get that way. God can fix that right here and right now. The other thing I want us to, to pray about is helping us to see us the way God sees us. Not as this, with all of my history of failures and disappointments, but as God sees me, as a warrior, living from victory to victory, a prince with God, a princess with God. Amen. Let's pray for just a few minutes this morning, and let's let God speak with us and minister to those needs that we have this morning. Lord Jesus, you are so beautiful. You are so wonderful. You are so awesome in this and in every place. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray that you would speak with your people this morning. Minister to your people this morning. We have these pictures of us in our minds. We understand what the Word of God says. We know in our, in our minds that you see us as something different. But Lord, it's so difficult sometimes to, to look past my failures, to look past the, the disappointments, to look past the, the heartache and the, the things that I can always seem to get wrong. Help me to see myself as you do. Not the failure, not the disappointment. but the individual that is Christ-like, the individual that serves you and, and does, does everything they can to please you and to, to minister to you, the individual that serves you with their lives, the individual that accurately reflects you to this world, that accurately demonstrates you to this world, the finished image that you see as, me as. Help me to see that. Help me to focus on that. And if I'm not there yet, Lord, help me to move closer to that goal every day. <coughs> help me to move ever closer to You, to become more like You each and every day. 
Help me, Lord Jesus, to be well in my spirit. Help me to be well in my spirit, Thou Most High God. And if I'm not, if I'm harboring bitterness or jealousy or envy, if I'm harboring hatred or, or maybe even worse, hatred of myself, disappointment in, in things that you've done or haven't done, doubts, fears, help me to be well, Lord. Heal us, I pray. Heal us, most holy God. Most high God, heal us, I pray. Make us well. Make us fit to the battle. Make us strong and mighty through you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We give glory and honor to you, thou most high God. Work through us, I pray, your perfect will. Help us to understand, Lord Jesus, that you've created us. You created us for a reason. You created us to be like you, to reflect you, to demonstrate you to this world. And through your finished work, we can do exactly that. We are human. We are but a vapor, a dust, grass, here today and tomorrow cast into the oven. But, O oh Lord God, through you we are strong. Through you we are mighty. Through the name of Jesus Christ, we can accomplish all things. Hallelujah. You can accomplish all things through us. Make your body well. Make it fit to fight. Make it strong. Make it mighty, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Speak with us, I pray. Help us to be Christ-like. Help us to accept the fact that you have created us this way. That you have created us according to your heart's desire. That you have created us according to your perfect will. The way we look, our personalities, they are because of you. I celebrate your creation this morning. I rejoice in the God of my salvation today. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Teach us to be spiritual. Teach us to be eternity-minded. Teach us, Lord Jesus, to rely solely upon You for our help, for our strength, for our deliverance, for everything that we have need of. Teach us, Lord Jesus, I pray, to trust in You to the point where You will work through us, that You will confirm Your Word with signs following, that we will trust You absolutely no matter what situation we find ourselves in. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, that we will see things as they are. We won't see the storm for the storm's sake, but we'll see the storm as a tool, as an avenue through which you can work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for working in us and through us your perfect will, your heart's desire. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your long-suffering patience to usward as we continue to move closer to you, as we become more like you, that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, you will never break covenant with us. <laughs> if there's any one sure thing in this world, in this fearful fallen place, it's you. You are our sure foundation. You are our rock our high tower and our strong defense, our shield and our buckler. This crazy world, nothing is sure, nothing is solid, nothing is steadfast, but you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the rock. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would trust in that, that we would trust in you no matter what, that our hope, our faith, our trust, our confidence would be in the Lord our God and in You alone. Not in our own abilities, talents. Not in our own strength or intellect. But in You. Your provision. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. He has such awesome plans for His church. Such wondrous futures for His people. 
And at first blush, it may not always seem like it. The situations we may find ourselves in uh, at first glance might seem a little bit contrary to that. But if we can be Christ-like, if we can see into the realm of of the spiritual, what God is working through those situations, what God is doing in the midst of that, we can rejoice. We can celebrate. Because God is working the miraculous. God is going to save this county. God is going to save our loved ones. He is going to work miraculously, supernaturally. He can literally rewrite the laws of reality if he needs to to make something happen. It's his reality. He can do literally whatever he needs to do. We can trust in someone like that. We can have confidence in the omnipotent, omniscient God who loves us more than we'll ever comprehend. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for your kind attention. I hope, as my wife, that you did have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, Maybe some of you have yet to celebrate with certain family members. I know people go on into February with this thing. But... uh, (laughs) But in any case, God bless you all. Thank you so much. My family and I love you so very much. We pray for you daily. God bless you. You're dismissed.